0: Could you start by introducing yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm John Blackson, Professor of International Security and Intelligence Studies at the Australian National University.
0: Now, today we're talking about the Brereton Report into potential war crimes committed by the SAS in Afghanistan. Can you tell us what are some of the significant findings in this long and mostly redacted report?
1: Yeah, mostly redacted because a lot of the details are probably going to have to get picked up for criminal prosecution. Uh, And so to preserve the evidence, you had to black it out because if you put it out there, you then make it unavailable for usage in a criminal proceedings. And it would be impossible to find a jury that you could confidently say had not been privy to the information if it's out there without the redactions. So the redactions are completely reasonable. But essentially what we're talking about is 57 allegations about 39 people killed involving 25 Australian current or former serving military personnel, mostly in the SAS, over a period of a number of years from the late, from about 2009 to 2013, who were involved in what is Uh, an absolute travesty. It's a disgrace, and it's something that has deserved and warranted the Chief of Defence Force's unreserved apology. The problem is, of course, that the overwhelming majority of Australian soldiers involved in Afghanistan operated honourably. They did their jobs with distinction, and as former Chief Defence Force Admiral Chris Barry once described it, were acting as a force for good. Of course, a lot of that good has been undermined by what we've just heard about and read about. It's really a stain on the reputation and legacy of the Australian Defence Force and on the nation. It speaks to a failure that's bigger than and deeper than the soldiers involved themselves. It speaks to an inadequate sense of perspective on what we were committing our forces to do and the circumstances they would face. But it also speaks on the other side to some positive aspects of our society because this kind of report would never see the light of day in a closed society. Thankfully, Australia as an open liberal democracy is right to address these issues carefully with deliberation because the implications need to be considered very carefully and the responses need to be actions mindful of the need to contain the damage to the capability inherent in the Defence Force. So bottom line is we need the SAS to work We need to kind of excise the cancer, but we need to heal the body. We need it to be fighting fit. It's a critical national resource. So we can't afford to kill it off or as some people have talked about disbanding it it's just not viable but what the chief of defense forces is right to focus on is the three issues he talked about yesterday he talked about reforming the culture of the special operations command addressing shortcomings in command and governance arrangements and holding to account individually and collectively those involved in perpetrating these barbarous acts So when you think about it, the erosion of the moral compass that these revelations represent speak about also uh, what I think is a half-baked conception of Australia's involvement on military operations in the Middle East. We as a nation really should be giving further thought to the cavalier approach taken in the past to committing military forces on operations, on open-ended operations, without clear missions and without compelling and viable strategies and it's that that made the that erosion of the moral compass possible so that's something that goes beyond the defense force itself it goes to the decision making of successive governments over the last two decades both sides of the aisle labor and conservative liberal coalition uh, have made decisions that have been short-sighted, have not been visionary, have not been holistically weighing up the consequences of continuing to deploy the special forces time after time after time uh, to the point where, you know, we really shouldn't be surprised that uh, over time things would break down. Very interesting in the report, Professor Wetham, who's a Brit uh, ethicist, talked about an inappropriate metric of success, the enemy Body count, um, and he said, while it wasn't an officially a key performance indicator, many regarded it that way, and it was so. There was a real uh, a culture of secrecy, a culture of a what what a, a toxic competitiveness of a warrior ethos that was too much about warrior and less about respectful Australian soldier. So you know, there's some reform that's got to be undertaken. 143 recommendations from the Brereton report that the, the Chief of Defence Force said he's planning to implement. That's going to take time. I understand also they're going to have to set up a, a special legislative provision for how they're going to take this to court because the federal court doesn't have juries. And these, if you're going to take these people to court, we've got to presume innocent until proven guilty. So how do you do that? It's complicated. It's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight.
0: Thanks for for that i guess the the question is and you have mentioned that the the government mission is an issue is it possible to just remove the actions of these SAS soldiers from the broader mission in Afghanistan and the broader uh culture of the Australian defence force or is there something intrinsic about it that leads to these acts
1: so it's a bit of both uh We've got a culture in special forces that is too secretive, too elitist, too clubby. It's about excellence, ego and entitlement and cutting corners and bending rules that's led to this toxic competitiveness. And that has been destructive of trust and of cohesion. uh, And it's been uh, led to this disgrace to the nation. So there's considerable institutional reform that's required. We need to actually change the way they operate and the way they think and the culture in which they've, they've been allowed to flourish. Now, to be fair, these incidents took place several years ago and over the last few years, ever since Major General Jeff Singelman was in the chair and subsequently Major General Adam Finlay as the commander of Special Operations Command, they have been actively mindful of what the Brereton Report was likely to be coming up to say. They have been actively looking to reform internally the the ways and uh, the the organisation of Special Operations Command. They brought in David Irvine, who's a former Director-General of ASIO and and previously of ASIS, a very... Competent, capable, informed—you uh, know—senior former senior bureaucrat to reflect on the culture and to reflect on on account, measures of accountability. So that's a positive. As I say, you know, this is a bleak, bleak set of circumstances, but. This is also, in some respects, a very good news story. It's a cathartic story because it's about the truth coming out. And this happens in an open liberal democracy like Australia. You know, there's still a lot of cynicism out there about the way the government operates and how it hides things. And it's right that we continue to be cynical about that to a point. But this, this is actually a a really positive news story in the sense that it's telling us the truth. And that it is acting on misdeeds of the past and looking to rectify and and fix up the ledger. So, as I say, you know, bleak. It's, there's a silver lining to a very very dark cloud here, uh, and and so there's cause for us to be moderately optimistic and still reasonably proud to call ourselves Australians. Uh, although we need to have a long hard look at our strategies about what we do and why we do it. And here's another thought. Australia is a middle power, but we seem to have small power pretensions. Um, We really, if we're going to engage with the United States constructively as a useful and constructive ally, we need to call it as we see it. We've got to stop just going along with them. When we see a mistake, when we see something about to implode, a good friend would tell them, hey, you know, that Iraq war thing, maybe it's not such a great idea Uh, on the way you're conducting the Afghan campaign. Can we have a say on the strategy, please? We didn't try. We weren't interested in doing that because we weren't committed, because we had an approach that's called, it was really very niche. And I've got a book coming out shortly called Niche Wars, Australia in Afghanistan and Iraq, 2001 to 2014, which addresses this question. It's going to be a free download from ANU Press. I commend it to you and your listeners. Uh, but uh, this is a big issue. Uh, We as a nation need to grip it up. This is not just the fault of those soldiers. This is something we as a nation need to own and rectify.
0: The Breton Report does stop short of laying the blame at those officers at the higher chain of command. Is that fair or is there some level of protection of privileged positions there?
1: Yeah, no, it's a really good question. And he, Brereton uh, made the point that commanders, while, while he put the blame at the foot of, feet of the patrol commander level, that's where he said the criminal behaviour really was conceived and committed. Um, but commanders nonetheless bear some responsibility for contributing to the environment in which war crimes were committed, most notably those in the SSR, who embraced or fostered what he called the warrior culture. And this is, that, as I say, this kind of toxic, competitive, blooding approach that's that's, uh, actually quite distasteful and not something we as Australians want to emulate. Now, the bottom line is, though, that the special forces are expert killers, um, but it's restrained, lawful killing. It's within the laws of armed conflict. It's in with the directions of government. It's within agreed... Terms of reference for the host government in Afghanistan. When you breach that, you breach the law. You then are subject to prosecution, and we're actually going to see that happen, which is, I think, painful and you know, it's quite a searing thing for the defence force and for us as a nation. But as I say, like cutting out a cancer, it's painful, but it's got to be done.
0: On that regard, on the prosecution, and a lot of us want to yep. see action and effective action, but there are, I understand, some legal obstacles, and you mentioned the need to rearrange the, the federal court, some legal obstacles to, to seeing that, as well as a concern that prosecution of individuals may not be the required change. Do you have anything to say on
1: that? Well, it's not the only change. Prosecution is part of the equation. To think that that's going to solve it isn't that this is the point? This is the whole thing about involving David Irvine in form of the Special Operations Command about disbanding two SAS squadron, uh, about looking to undertake those three key issues of culture, governance, and accountability. There are three big thrusts: culture, changing the culture in Special Operations Command; governance, governance, I should say, improving uh, you know command reporting and and transparency. And accountability of the individuals and of the units, uh, and of the commanders as well. So there's a mixture there. It's it's going to be ugly. It's going to be painful, um, and it's not going to happen overnight. But we need to make sure we expedite it quickly, as quickly as possible. But as I say, because of the various judicial and legal aspects of it, it's kind of it's not that straightforward. It's pretty complicated, so it will take time.
0: Okay. Thanks so much, John, for um, giving us that time today.
1: Happy to help, Andy. Thank you for taking me on your program.